0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Quartzalinius podcast. I am your host, Zach Lowy, here today after a two-week break during the international break. uh, If you haven't yet, definitely check out the latest episode with the two brothers who are the co-founders of the Long Ball Football podcast, where we discussed the top 25 players in the Primera Liga this season. Uh, You know, I myself went with a number of players uh, from various teams such as Porto, Benfica, as well as lower teams such as Famalico, Gil Vicente, uh, but not Vizela. The boys from Long Ball did put two Vizela players, but uh, I'm sure that one person who may have an argument against this is our latest guest. You can follow him at 343 on Twitter. Uh, here today with Gary Klaben. How are you doing today, Gary?
1: I'm doing great, Zach. Thank you so much for having me, man.
0: It's an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, and really excited to be chatting with you about a league that, would you say, has perhaps been your your breakout season this season? The the breakout star for Gary Claybin's football watching has been the Primera Liga this season. That's a new league that's really caught on to you. Why is no,
1: that? Yeah, no question, Zach. And thanks for the question. I've watched Portuguese football since I was a little kid, but never like this season. It was just in passing. Oh, look, Benfica's playing. I'll watch Benfica. That's how it's – if the big three were playing, maybe I'd catch a game here or there. But this season, I think I've probably watched maybe 40 matches total of the Primera. So I did pop my cherry for sure. <laughs> And, and the principal reason is that, you know, in my other soccer business outside of three, four, three, I am a co-founder in an agency that represents pro soccer players. And I happen to have one player there on Vizela. Um, he's the American Alex Mendez. And so naturally, of course, I'm going to watch all Visela games and see how he's doing and see how the team is doing. And then just diving deep into the entire league.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Alex Mendez, another exciting player from that uh, USA team. What was it? I think 2019 in the U20 World Cup, right? You had the likes of uh, trying to remember players such such as uh, Brandon Cervania, I believe, was one of them, and uh, Paxton Tomacal, I believe. Some some very exciting players.
1: Yeah, those are the Dallas. Those are the Dallas guys. There's a whole. There's a whole contingent from that U20 team that is kind of forming a basis for USA's future. You know, there's there's uh, Chris Richards, right? Bayern Munich loaned to to Hoffenheim in Germany. Another Dallas right? guy. Another Dallas guy. <laughs> Dallas has done great work over there. But I mean, Serginho Dest in um, Barcelona is on that team. Mark McKenzie. Uh, Rich Ledesma, at PSV, Sebastian Soto, who's trying to find his footing and figure things out as well. And Conrad De La Fuente, you can go on and on and on. That whole crew has done quite well. And some, some guys have broken out and other guys are in the process of breaking out and other guys are still trying to figure, figure out their careers.
0: How do you think Alex Mendez ranks in comparison with the rest of the guys you just mentioned?
1: Yeah, I... F- I mean, obviously, I have a a long history with him. Uh, I've known him and his family since he was nine years old. Uh, My brother coached him and a whole bunch of that crew from the age of nine to the age of 18 years old. Um, So there's a history there. I I think Alex is just special. You know, there are, there's a variety of classes of professional footballers, Zach, in my opinion. There are be very solid, consistent, good journeyman professionals that, you know what you're going to get every single day of of the year. And then there are others who have that and on top of it are special and unique talents. There's something that differentiates them and that makes them different. Alex has that specialness to him, but he still needs to work on being that consistent, solid professional right and once he gets that under his belt then we're going to see something really special come out of him
0: alex mendez developing in his hometown uh club la galaxy before making the move to Freiburg in 2018 um going to Ajax a year later before joining vizella in 2021 um, what do you think was the biggest reasoning behind why Uh, Mendez decided to go to this newly promoted club, this club that would be playing in the Primera for the second time ever and the first since uh, 1984.
1: Yeah, I think the principal reason, Zach, is to start playing first division football. Um, Yes, he was on the second team of Ajax. Yes, he was still young at 19, uh, 20 years of age, but it was time to make that jump and play first division football with the first team somewhere. And at Ajax, it was going to be very difficult. This Ajax team is super stacked. I'm not sure how familiar you are with them or or Dutch football, but this Ajax team is on par, if not better, than when they made that semifinal Champions League run uh, a handful of years back. And so for him to crack that first team and get any appreciable minutes was going to be quite a challenge. And Vicela came a knocking, and they were really interested. And it just made sense, you know, from that perspective. And Portuguese football, I think, suits a player of Alex's characteristics quite well also. Very technical uh, sort of playing. And there's another confession I should make, Zach, is around three years ago, I was in Portugal uh, conducting some business, and one of my partners there took me to watch Vizela when and when they were in the third division, and so that was my first. I mean, I had watched Porto live or whatever, but that was my first lower division exposure to Portuguese football. So I, I watched Vizela compete in the third division, and I could not believe how good the level was. Zach, I thought, ah, third tier, like whatever. You know, sure, I'll just go and and try to enjoy myself. I have text messages that one some of the one of these days I'm going to publish. Uh, me messaging people back home in the States, guys, the Portuguese third tier is amazing. There's talented players all over the place. I cannot believe what I'm watching. And lo and behold, life is funny sometimes. Three years later, I have a player in Visela. That is very interesting.
0: Uh, you mentioned that the Portuguese league fitted uh, Alex Mendes's characteristics how do you think the manager Alvaro Pacheco's style of football has fit uh, Mendez's skills?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think it wasn't a perfect match right out of the gate um, because Pacheco is incredibly high intensity, high pressure, run your balls off for 90 minutes and Alex if, if one can criticize Alex, it's some shortcomings in that department um, leading into Vizela. So this was going to be a great maturing opportunity for him to clean up that side of his game uh, with a manager who, you know, in my opinion, is kind of like a blend between Marcelo Biesa and Echolo Cholo Simeone. Um, that just super intense uh, sort of team and super intense as a manager himself and really squeezing every drop of juice out of every player, every minute of the game. So from that perspective, the intensity perspective, I think Alex is on board with. It's the running, the tackling, the 50-50 bone-crunching tackles that he needed to work on, and I think he's getting there.
0: Alex Mendez uh, coming off the bench in a 2-1 victory at fellow promoted side, Estoril Praia. Um, talk to me a little bit about this match. First win in two months for Vizela, and a win that takes them, uh, as you mentioned, back to 13th place, one point ahead of Famalicão, three points ahead of Aruka, and four points ahead of Tombella, who currently sit in the relegation playoff spots. Walk me through this game.
1: Yeah. Well, let me take you to the first time they met in the, in the first half of the championship, it was at Vicela and Vizela went up one zero and merited it as such, you know, they, they controlled large swaths of of the game and then they went up two zero Zach with the second goal being disallowed because in VAR's estimation, And you can look at the replay over and over again, and I think they understand they made a mistake. But in VAR's estimation, the ball went out of bounds or whatever. But so it ended up being 1-0. And then Estoril uh, tied the game up 1-1. Vizela merited more than a draw. So now going to this past weekend, I was kind of surprised at how the game evolved. Usually Vizela does quite well in out shooting their opponents or is up there on shots and is up there even in, in on the possession figures as well when you're not playing one of the top three or top four teams in the league but they basically i think gave Estoril the ball for the entire match almost the entire match um and then just on counters and opportunism uh vizela with kiko bondoso you know, got two goals um well, one goal, right, and then they got drawn, and then it was 2-1, and then just cleaned on for dear life, kind of like uh, Atletico Madrid, you know, kind of going into your shell and trying to find counterattacking opportunities or set-piece opportunities, and they saw the match out,
0: 2-1. Storil with 11 shots compared to Vizela's 7, uh, three of them on target as compared to Vizela's uh, 4. Estoril, as you mentioned, having 68% possession. And yet, uh, Vizella coming in with a big win, thanks to a brace from Kiko Bondoso. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this player, because he does seem like he is becoming increasingly important for Vizella as they try to uh, you know, avoid the fate of their last time in the Primera, when they were relegated, hang on to their status in the Primera, as the games have, have become more and more important. As the stakes continue to rise, Kiko Condoso has really become such an important player for Alvaro Pacheco's men.
1: Yeah, he's one of the pillars of the team. Him and, and Samu basically are, are the two main instruments in the attack uh, and, and veteran players. Um, but what's re- really interesting about this team, Zach, and I'll zoom in specifically on Kiko. First off, for everybody listening, he's a winger, right winger, traditionally very good 1v1. Um, can do damage if he's isolated against the opponent. It doesn't matter who, who's marking him. He can beat his guy and serve up crosses or cut inside and then try to finish, uh, and, and he has scored doing so. I think he's 20. I don't know, Zach. Maybe you have the data there. It's like 25, 26 years of age. Kiko,
0: so, oh, you wanted to hear uh, Kiko's age.
1: He's something like that, 25, 26, but the most remarkable thing, this is another great story of a player who spent most of his time in the lower divisions. Um, If I'm not mistaken, he was there when Vizela was in the third tier and then won the third tier, uh, got promoted to the second tier last year, won the second tier last year, or came in second, right, and got promoted to the Primera this year. And Kiko is part of that entire process. Yeah, just to to end uh, on this thought, um, Zach, is this is a player who doesn't have ample first division experience at all, but comes into the first division and starts lighting it up, so to speak, from a team that's fighting relegation. So it's a revelation, and I think it's a lesson for so many players and fans out there that there are tons of players with a lot of talent in the lower divisions or in the lower level teams. So hopefully he finishes off strong and can advance his career.
0: Kiko Bondoso uh, turning 26 in November, and as you mentioned, uh, started playing for his boyhood club Moimenta da Beira, before heading to Ferreira da Avsch um, in 2017, a year later going to Lusitano Vildemunios, and a year later heading to Vizela. They become such an important player for this Vizela side. Another player who is, I guess, similarly named is Kiki, not Kiko, but Kiki Afonso been very important in defense for them. Um, you know, he is another player who we can call a journeyman, you know, a player who has had spells at Porto, Rio Ave, uh, as well as de- Dagenham and Redbridge in England, as well as Atlético de Portugal in Lisbon, Gil Vicente, the breakout heroes of this season in the Primera, as well as Oljanentz, Ferenc, Felgadish, Belenestad, and finally Vizela joining uh, once again in 2019. Talk to me a little bit about Kiki Alfonso.
1: Yeah, outside back, I'm pretty sure always on the left side. Um, is stocky, quite athletic. Um, does okay on defense. Sometimes gets beaten off the dribble a little too easily for my liking, but he offers good projection forward, which I think uh, Aravaro Pacheco likes his outside backs to be able have that capability uh, quite a bit. And he has it, and he has a very good foot to serving crosses, uh, so much so that on set pieces he is one of the guys that um, is on the board for set pieces. It's either Samu, him or Nuno Moreira. Sometimes Alex Mendez in the past. But that's the quality of, of service that he provides you. Um, I think he has a bunch of assists, too, this season as an outside back, if I'm not mistaken. He might have, like, four assists, which is nothing to sneeze at from that position. So Absolutely. that's geeky. That's geeky. I think he's also mid-20s, like 26 as well, uh, 26, 27 years old. And then, like you said, a journeyman yeah. many yeah. times from the lower divisions.
0: Yeah, 26 years old. Uh, abs- I think the exact same as Kiko Bondoso, actually. I think just a month difference, um, interestingly enough. But, yeah, Kiki having um, Kiki Afonso with three assists in 25 Primera appearances, not too shabby for a player of his style. And going back to a player you mentioned, uh, Fabio Samuel Amorim Silva, otherwise known as Samu. Uh, been such an important player for this Vizela side. Like Kiki Afonso, had some time in Porto's academy, academy before heading to the other side of Porto, joining Boavista, where he spent nearly a decade uh, before joining Vizela, once again in 2019, the same year. Talk to me a little bit about Samu, his importance for Pacheco's side, and also... You know, do you think that Samu and Alex Mendez can coexist because they have somewhat similar profiles. They do offer similar things. But, you know, how do you think uh, Pacheco can get the best out of both of them in midfield?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So maybe you're going to have to remind me of some of (laughs) those questions. Um, One, Samu, for everybody listening, uh, also probably around 25 years old, 24 years old.
0: 25. Yeah, twenty-five. Turning, turning twenty-six
1: in two weeks, though. Got it. So not much first division experience. Uh, I think he, he has a lot of experience in the lower divisions. When he was at Boavista for a little bit, he had some games under his match in, in, in the first division, but not much other than that. Um Samu is a solid player. Let, let's call him that. Um nothing super special about him. And when I say super special, I mean You know, when the super big clubs around the world are looking to purchase somebody or bring somebody in, they're looking for a super solid player, but has that something special that nobody in the world or a few people in the world have. Samu's not that special, but he is a fantastic player. If I can liken him to somebody, he plays attacking midfield, by the way. If I can liken him to somebody, I want you to think about maybe Dani Alves um, in the sense that Dani Alves doesn't get tired. He has three lungs. Okay. He can run forever. That, I mean, if we want to say he's someone who's special at something, it's that. Because he can run for 180 minutes straight up the field, get in the attacking box, and try to finish a play. And then if there's the turnover, counterattack by the other team, he will run 80 meters back to defend. And back and forth, back and forth he goes. He's solid technically. He can beat you off the 1v1 and he can finish. So this is the centerpiece of Vicela. When he's not on the field, I think Vicela suffers a little bit um, on that attacking side. Now, how he and and Mendes can coexist, I think it works just fine. Um, Pacheco has used them both many times in the starting lineup, and usually it liberates Samu more to go on the offensive and, and Mendes will stay back almost like a dual six in that case. So Mendes will end up staying back with Marcos Paolo or with, um, uh, the other two accompanying central midfielders while Samu goes on the attack with the wingers and, and with the striker. It'd be great if there was a six that can hold down the job for the entire team, And then both Mendez and Samu, or or Samu and whoever else is in attacking midfielder, they can both go into the attack because Vizela needs better finishing. They suffer of having a lot of opportunities, but there aren't that many finishers. And Alex is a finisher. He just needs to have more opportunities up front. But it's hard when Samu's there.
0: We've talked a lot about 26-year-old players, players in the prime of their athletic career. But... Uh, one player who is quite younger than the bunch is Nuno Moreira, 22 years of age and developed in Sporting's Academy before leaving for Vizela in the summer um, and has currently one goal and three assists in 28 appearances this season. Uh, what have you made of Nuno Moreira this season?
1: Yeah, I think he's gotten better over the course of... Of the Campeonato Uh, in the beginning little fidgety uh, immaturity you know from lack of experience Uh, he got ejected with a red card in a a particularly important game I think it was against Moridense during the first half of the season and that's a direct rival you know to stay up in in the first league and he he did a stupid thing got a red card and he said I suffered for it you know they ended up losing that game but again he's a winger good natural 1v1 abilities he can beat his mark he can cause danger he could put in services the biggest room for improvement or Nuno um, well he has a lot of room for improvement in this particular thing is finishing he doesn't have final product you know when he has an opportunity to shoot on goal His shots are wildly off or just absolutely terrible. Um, He has, I mean, one incredible banger. The goal that he did score uh, uh, in the League Cup against Braga, that was an amazing goal, whatever it was, a 35-yard strike, upper V, but almost like a fluke, Zach. Most of the time, it's a disaster in the final third. That is where he needs to improve. But yeah, it's another story of a player who was at a big club, uh, could never crack the first team at sporting. And so he came to Vizela to play first division football. And it looks like, looks like he's made his case that he is the first team, first division caliber player. So good for him.
0: Alongside Kiko Bondoso, Samu and Nuno Moreira in attack. We have Cassiano Diaz Moreira, 32 years of age, born in Porto Alegre, Brazil um, and spent various years Uh, in Brazilian clubs, um, before actually spending a few months in China, uh, before returning to Brazil, and then going to Boa Vista in 2019, uh, spending just a year there before heading to Vizela in 2020. And a player who has definitely been a veteran leader for this this Vizela side, um, and who currently has an impressive nine goals in all competitions. Talk to me, talk to me a little bit about Cassiano.
1: Well, you said it, veteran leader. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned his age. I, he's cracked 30 already. 31. 30. Okay, 32 years old, and he's been all over the place. Very mature man at, at this point. Um, he's a nine. A classic nine. And what do I mean by a classic nine? People get this idea in their heads. I do too. When you think of a central striker, six foot, six foot one, six foot two, um, powerful, potent, big build, you know, uh, can win challenges in the air, can be that hold up player. If Vizela or anybody has to clear a ball and they clear it to him upfield, chest it down, hold on to it, let the team come back up and retain possession for the team, and then finish off plays naturally. That's what he's good at, and he's also very good at working hard on the press. So he's the first guy to press the ball, and he does it very well, and he does it consistently for all the minutes that he gets on board. I was a little concerned when, at the beginning of the season, he got injured. Uh, I think after the first game or the second game, I, I don't recall that. And then, like, Jesus Christ, we don't have a nine now. This is a disaster. Um, but Chetin, you know, from Braga, who's on loan to Vicela, filled in those shoes quite well, has also contributed six goals. I think he, he's a very good player also. And I'm curious as to Pacheco's reasoning as to why Cassiano plays and not Shetin plays now. I speculate. This is my speculation that Cassiano is invested in Vizela. You know, he was there last season. He was their goal scorer last season to bring them up to to the first division. And Shetín's just on loan from Braga. So I'm curious if there's something there about the psychology of a player. You know, after the season, Shetín's just going to go back to Braga or go back on loan somewhere else or or whatever. But Cassiano lives and dies by Vizela and their performances. So I like him. I don't know what else to say.
0: Absolutely. Um, you know, one player who in many ways differs from, from every single player we've talked about is Osama Rashid, because unlike those players, Osama has actually had experience um, in the Primera and has been an important player. Osama Rashid, 30 years of age, uh, born in Iraq, born in Iraq before, but, but and spent his childhood you know, there before joining Feyenoord in 1999, spending a decade there, bouncing around a few Dutch clubs, uh, heading to Ferenc in 2015, then moving to the Bulgarian side, Lokomotiv Plovdiv, Um before joining Santa Clara in 2017. It was a very important player for the Azorians, um, but left for Gaziantep in Turkey, spent some time at Korfakan, a United Arab Emirates side with a lot of history, actually with Primera, uh, if I recall correctly, I believe Douglas Tank, for, Tanke from um, Pasos de Ferre, moving there. So um, yeah, but Osama Rashid making the move to Vizela in January. Um, what have you made of his impact in midfield?
1: In my opinion, he is, like many of the others I mentioned, a solid professional, yep. a solid seasoned professional with experience. He doesn't bring you anything special aside from that. And I think teams like Bisela need those players um, that are just going to give you consistent, solid professional performances without much variation. So he's not going to have a spectacular game where it's like, oh my God, what's this guy even doing here? He should be on, on Porto or he should be on Liverpool or something like that. He's not, going to have, he's not that player, but he's also not going to be like, oh my God, what's this guy? how is this guy even a professional? So he doesn't have those violent swings, right? It's just solid level performer. Um, and I think Vicela needed a little bit more depth in central midfield um you have samu who is the undisputed starter the engine of the whole team um but then you know you have marcos Paolo and claudemir older guys also around 30 31 years of old age but more in the defensive minded uh, type of central midfielder and then you had guzzo also who's made a lot of uh, appearances And Alex Mendes, you know, and so I think you needed another advanced central midfielder there to offer support to to Mendes, to Samu, and to Guzo uh, as well.
0: I'm curious, what do you feel are the biggest shortcomings of this Vizela side?
1: Oh man, that is a great question. I, I mean, I go back and forth so many times. I one for sure, you have to be better in the final third. You have to be more efficace, right? The better effectiveness. You have to finish your chances. They have plenty of opportunities on the opponent's goal and don't finish their chances. And that's cost them dearly in so many games. Even even against the big teams, uh, Zach, the first game against Benfica at home, they peppered Benfica's goal also. They should have scored a fucking goal in that game. Sorry, I don't know if I can cuss on this uh, on your program here. That's number one. And number two, I think to graduate up the table, you need special players. Um, I think you have that in, in unique qualities of maybe a, a, a Kiko, a Mendez, and a Samu, but you need another one or two of those caliber guys to really graduate up. So those are the two things that I would suggest. Finishing and you need another two special players.
0: Absolutely. Of uh, Vizela only conceding one goal in the win against Storiel, um, holding their own thanks to a back four um, of the likes of Ricard Ofori, as well as Igor Juliao and uh, Aderlan Santos and Ivanildo Fernandes, uh, do you feel that that, for is the strongest Vizella defense that Alvaro Pacheco can offer um, mm. and you know overall what have you made of the defensive sector of Vizella this season?
1: Yeah that's a tough one if I may be if I may go out on a ledge here a little <laughs> Zach I, I think yeah. I think I'm, I'm more well versed in midfield and wingers and strikers insofar as my assessment of talent okay Uh, my assessment of talent in the center back area and in the goalkeeper goalkeeper i don't know shit about okay um center backs i i it's it's difficult also i mean don't get me wrong i i can judge just like anybody can judge i just uh, am a little bit more cautious um so for the center back pairing i don't know for I can say that Anderson, the Brazilian that came here during the winter transfer window, I want him to be the starter. There's no question about that. From a veteran perspective, from a technical perspective, from a recovery perspective, from an urgency perspective, urgency knowing like when, matter, when there's an actual fire and when there isn't. A, a lot of center backs, in my opinion, struggle in that department in recognizing danger. Um, he recognizes it right away and puts out, Tons of fires. Uh, who his pairing is, is where I'm not exactly sure. Um, but Ivan did well uh, against Estoril. Uh, And Anyways, on the outside backs, I think Kofi Kwau is the best outside back on Vicella, Hands down, no question about it. And then the others, Igor Juliao or Kiki or Forty, those for me are kind of whoever, I'm, I'm, they're all the same.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I think that personally I think that the strongest fullback pairing is Kiki and Kofi Kiki Kofi kind of sounds like a uh like a rap to a or or almost like a i want to say an overpriced Los Angeles coffee shop Can you, can you, can you imagine that in like Manhattan Beach or Laguna no
1: totally totally <laughs> and it's important that it's it's interesting because so many of those players have those weird names too. In yeah. the Portuguese League,
0: Cláudemir, I think is mm-hmm. one. And you know, Vizela they do have a diverse team. They they have the likes of Guio Tian Tianyu, a Chinese forward on loan from Shandong Taishan. They have uh, the majority, obviously, being Portuguese and Brazilian players, but they also have uh, Kevin Zohi, a, mo- a a player who was born in the Ivory Coast but who plays for Mali. Um, Alex Mendez, an American player. Osama Rashid, an Iraqi player. Mohamed Aydara and Kofi Kwao, two Ivorian players. Manuel Balde, a player who plays for uh, Guinea-Bissau. Andre Sarmiento, a Colombian player, um, as well as Emmanuel Maviram who is Nigerian. So pretty diverse squad. And I think that's something we are seeing a lot of in Portugal. Uh, so, so very interesting aspect to check out um, from Vizela's side. I wanted to ask, though, about another player who is you know, fairly young um, at 25. Perhaps not very young in comparison to the other players we talked about, but considering his position, I, I would still say very young, because that is Pedro Jose Morera da Silva, or Pedro Silva, a 25-year-old goalkeeper uh, who had spells at Sporting's Academy, just like Nuno Moreira, um, headed to Tondela shortly after, uh, spent some time in Denmark before moving to Vizela in 2020. What have you made of Pedro Silva's performances between the sticks this season?
1: Yeah, good question. At the beginning of the season, he wasn't playing. I don't know if he was injured or what the situation was. It was Charles or Charles, the Brazilian goalkeeper. And I thought he was doing a good job. So it kind of caught me by surprise and I never asked Either Alex or, or my connects there at the club as to why the switch happened to Pedro Silva. But it happened. And I'm like, okay, let's take a look at what this guy's got. And disclaimer aside, that I don't know Jack about goalkeepers or goalkeeping. He seems solid in the shot stopping department, uh, but very, very weak, Zach. In the distribution department, just really bad, really bad. He cannot play with his feet. He cannot play out of the back. He cannot, uh, you know, hit a 30, 40 yard chip ball to his outside backs or anybody. Like, it's not happening. If you pass the ball back to him, he it's just gonna be a blind kick forward and whatever happens, happens. So that's my biggest criticism. And that hurts in modern day football, in my opinion. You need that keeper who can play out. Um, he doesn't have it, but he has saved the club's ass on multiple instances with his shot stopping ability and, and many times his command in the air. So from that perspective, I, I'm okay with him.